1: Welcome to the Geekiest. This is Joe, and uh, I think I'm going to do this uh, this session with advantage.
0: <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Kayla, and I now know what it's like to be called a dark friend.
2: This is Kina Twist, i.e. fetish model. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> so we're joined today by our friend Kina Twist. Uh, as she mentioned, she is a fetish model, but she is... She's all around geeky, so let's uh, let's roll out that geek cred.
2: Let, let's drop the secrets now, I guess. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's gonna be out in the world forever. Let us know. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you like to be go by? I know you by like three different names. So everybody calls me Kitty. Okay, Kitty will always work. Okay, Kitty's um, good on the scene. I'm Kina Twist. Um, I dabble with video games, comic books, movies. Lots and lots and lots of video games. I want to say that is my guilty pleasure in life, honestly. (laughs) Because you can live all the lives you want. What are the favorites? Give us like the top five. Lately, it's been Undertale. Um, The way that they break the fourth wall, the way that they interact with the gamer, the characters in the video game is absolutely... Unlike anything I've ever played before, it's some of those things that you see in, you know, cartoons and shows. It's not something you expect from a video game to call you out. Hey, you know, you've done this before. Why did you not save and reset kind of thing? (laughs) You thought you could take that back, didn't you? Nice. Yeah, I did. I didn't mean to get called out, mister.
1: (laughs) Nice. that's, That's good to... Hey, you skip that save point?
2: Oh, it gives you goosebumps too. Like even if you skip it on purpose to go back to try and save a specific character, the game will call you out on it and definitely guilt trip you. Nice. Definitely. Too funny. All right. So,
1: Under, Undertale is your your uh, number one on the list. What's what's for what's, now? What's, yeah, what's this rest is my of most the
2: recent. Um, the Bioshock series. I loved the way that they played with time. And if you haven't played the third one, then it's completely irrelevant. But <laughs> the first and second ones, I just love the aesthetic, the 20s style with this super creepy take on on mutated, drug-addicted monsters that were once people. It's just, I've seen some uh, of the imagery for that. It's really deep. Yeah, yeah. it's some crazy stuff. It's That's that kind of stuff I really like to carry on into photos and such is something that is remarkably beautiful or maybe once was beautiful, but it's just so... Creepy. You can't look away. It's gorgeous. Nice, nice. I
0: like that. So you got those two.
2: Hmm. What are the other favorites? I want to say Halo. Halo was was a historical storyline. I, I unfortunately have only played one through three. Um, everything after that felt a bit excessive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> my 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 eldest nephew uh, was was definitely big into the Halo and when he would come over on the weekends i would get a lot of uncle joe come play this with mm-hmm. me and he 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 tried to explain the stories to me um and and i kind of understood it but he really wanted to do the you know the 1v1 oh he
2: just wanted to show you he could kick your butt yeah oh yeah All no the there time.
1: was that was just uh-huh. like look
2: look uncle joe i got this boom, boom 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 you're dead because this is what family is for <laughs> this is <laughs> exactly what we're for yeah
1: Occasionally, we would we would do the, one of those co-op mode things, and then it would just be Uncle Joe, you go grab the thing and drive the thing. I will get in the turret and shoot the thing. Has
2: so. he ever made you go first because he's been too afraid to do something? Or no, he just knows what's around the corner. He's like, you go stir up the big monster first. No, I'll was, go after. No, he
1: was he was good. He was he was pretty good with. Oh no, Uncle Joe, around the corner is going to be a bunch of the spore looking things.
2: Oh, so he he was tactical.
1: Yeah, he was like, they're going to be around the around the corner, Uncle Joe. We can take those. Just don't let them touch you. I'm like, listen, as far as I understood this game, nothing should be touching me. It's, <laughs> everything is bad. Um, but he, d- he definitely liked to do a lot of the, Uncle Joe, they have these, these things, and you can get in and drive it, and I'll get on the back and shoot. And I'm like, well, what if I wanted to shoot?
2: Oh, yeah, you're going to be driving around the Warthog.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely we drove a lot of the Warthog.
0: My kids were into that one, into into Halo for quite a bit, you know, and they would do that. I, I, I can't play video games to save my life. My My eyes don't focus right for it, so, like, I've totally missed out on that stuff. But I can kind of, if I step back far enough, I can watch it, Yeah. you know, until I get a headache. And
2: my kids are always like, look at this! Look at this! Uh, I, I, I will never, ever forget the first time my mom ever played video games. I handed her the guitar for Guitar Hero and I was like mom I have to use the bathroom you take care of this she's like I don't know anything I'm like that's great just press buttons and strum and you'll get it eventually I went to the bathroom I came back she's just sitting there with her face in her hands like what did I do she just (laughs) completely failed this I'm like mom it's okay we can redo this it's fine you're okay (laughs) it's okay
0: (gasps) it's funny Yeah, it used to be that it was the parent putting the video game into the mm-hmm. kids' hands, and now it's the kids putting the video games into the parents' hands. I, I will definitely give
2: credit to my dad, though. He is the one who started all of his kids on video games. He started with the super classic arcades like Centipede and Galaga and Pong and stuff like that. Nice. And then from there, we kind of went our own ways. So it's like I have two other siblings. My, my eldest kind of goes with, I want to say, console gamings largely. Um, My sister likes to do, uh, she likes to do the more modern stuff like Wii and Switch and stuff like that. And then I started gravitating toward the older arcade systems, the more retro gaming. It's just, there's a lot of history and fun behind that. And I mean, these are games that started other games for, for lifetimes. You know. So it's it's exhilarating sometimes. That's
0: very cool. I think yeah. you deserve a point for that. I like yeah. that that, that oh, you're, you're kind of open yep. about that. No, that's, that's super great. cool. <laughs> so, so you're we talking about um, video games kind of influencing your modeling. You know, do you do you draw directly from
2: a lot of those games to kind of for inspiration? Yes and no. So, um, I think actually with Bioshock specifically, uh, Silent Hill, also Resident Evil, the the dark horror themed kind of like make your blood run cold feeling is is kind of something i would like to transfer more over to modeling Uh, a lot of people are a little bit screamish about making someone they would normally see as you know beautiful adorable cute as creepy scary something that'll make your skin crawl Uh uh-huh i just kind of want to make somebody ask why if they ever found a photo of mine like absolutely beautiful but I want to intentionally make it creepy so that you're sitting there asking yourself why do I find this attractive it's creepy but that's what that's what I really love yeah
0: that's very very cool I'm noticing a trend recently like when I was growing up models were kind of like you had to be as generic as possible you know, and then you would hope that somebody would pick you to then kind of paint over your genericness, their brand of whatever. Yeah, it's been heartbreaking. And bit I'm noticing lately that modeling is becoming more of an art form now, and the models are expressing themselves and what it is about themselves and what's different about themselves, and that and putting that into their own kind of direction in pictures, and then getting picked up for
2: yes. those yes. things.
0: Yes. Yes. Which I think is super, super cool.
2: It's almost as if that, uh, you know, there's a bunch, of, a bunch of people, not just girls either. There's just a bunch of people in the modeling industry who have seen what it can do for years and years. I mean, we've seen star after star fall hard and completely lose everything over, you know, maybe one bad review or one bad day. It's gotten to the point where I think models have just grown tired of it and they're grabbing it by the horns and telling the industries what they want to do they don't they don't want to follow this whole well my mother did this or you know the best of the best did it this way you should too mm-hmm. no we're gonna do it our way i think it's time we do it our way that's super cool well, it's, yeah. it's absolutely cool because it, it, it involves all the body types as well so it's no longer just you know the cookie cutter model we have variety mm-hmm. and i mean it's glorious well, i mean
1: you can you can see the the roots of that back to you know the well, I say like the mid late 90s when the suicide girls were, were popping up and revolutionizing the way you looked at you know models and modeling and mm-hmm. what is glamorous and what is beautiful and it you know you went from the you know what do you say the mid 80s to mid 90s we were in the age of the supermodel where you had uh you know your Kathy Ireland's and your Cindy Crawford's mm-hmm. and and all that going on and it was it was very generic it was you know the 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 things that made them stand out was oh that's the the tall dark haired one that's the the tall blonde one and yeah. that's the tall blonde one from Germany <laughs> you know oh that that's the tall one tall, the tall blonde one from you know the Czech Republic mm-hmm. you know it was there was not a not a lot of differentiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time. Yeah, was, now
2: we're at that so, level of we have pink hair and that girl's got an octopus on her butt and she's got gauges the size of her head. It's just, there's so much variety yeah. now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Are you finding that the industry is more forgiving of those things or is there still a lot of, like, stigma and and, and stereotyping? There's and...
2: definitely still tons of stigma because the professionals still want to be coined as the professionals while keeping a certain... I don't know what to call it, but they're just so dedicated to not changing in most cases. And when, when they're met with all of these people, like as in the customer, you know, when everybody else wants to tell them what they want to see. But these industries just want to keep spoon feeding us the same rigmarole, the mm-hmm. same cookie cutter style. It's just, I there's going to be a breaking point, And I don't know if we reached it already or if it's soon to come. Mm-hmm. I really hope it's soon to come if it hasn't happened already. I think oh. the cracks are there. Oh, yeah. Sure. The cracks are definitely the cracks are there. there. I,
0: I have yeah. I have talked about plus-size models the same way, you know, that, you know, tar- starting to see more mainstream companies using plus-size models, male and female, using, you know, men with natural hair, using, you know, like, all of these things that we didn't see in the past that were considered taboo,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, are you're it's definitely starting to crack. Um,
1: I mean, you, you see it, I mean... You see it they also like the big fashion shows. Now they're they're playing around with, you know, what's it mean to be masculine? What's it mean to be feminine? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's it mean to, you know, present somebody that's non-binary? So you're not sure what, you know, and mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the 70s, they did a bit of that. You know, the androgynous thing was, was big in that period, you know, as they saw, oh, look, David Bowie's, you know. I, again, it always feels like maybe fashion kind of follows some of the other industries. So you have David Bowie out there. You know, in the early 70s with his androgynous look, his, his space look. And then that's what you started seeing on the catwalks, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, I think it's the same thing. You you start off with the medium that is most easy for people to get into, which, you know, digital photography has made, you know, digital photography and the Internet has made it. So anybody can, you know, anybody with a moderately good eye can be a photographer. And, you know, people who had normally been shut out of the model industry, you know, can, you know, can be, I mean, look at model mayhem, you know, that site, you know, that site wouldn't have existed without people being able to, you know, get around the the traditional modeling agency Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, these are people who are willing to do editorial shoots, to do fashion shoots, to do all of this, but they're not five foot ten blondes, or they you know. break the mold, yeah.
2: right?
0: Right. I mean, you and I just did a shoot, you know, for our shop, and mm-hmm. it was so fun to it it really like, do all of these fun Halloween costumes and have the the edgy look and all of that. And the pictures are getting great reviews, and everybody really loves them because it's it's fun and it's different. and We didn't try
2: to hide that. I'm, I am I very I very seldom and hand and handed the keys to a kingdom. And been and been told to just play. Just play with it all. We'll take photos, <laughs> but play with it all. I was like, Yeah, yes, please. I will do this. It was <laughs> a absolutely lot of fun. it was really uh, a
0: lot of fun.
1: I, I will say my my personal favorite of of what I saw, which I loved everything I saw, but the one with you in the Wren Garb with the bow in hand. Um So pretty. Yeah. So pretty. There is there was just something about that one where it was like Oh, that's the kitty I know. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the 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 funny the funny sweet kitty is in that picture. I mean, yeah.
0: And it was just it was such beautiful, soft pictures. But we didn't hide the hair color. We didn't hide the tattoos. It was well, like mean, exactly what I needed. To every,
2: be. Everything like that is just so much work. And when you when it comes down to trying to hide tattoos or hair, you start to cover up what really makes you you. So I'm always yeah. always super for any kind of shoot that. Right emphasizes those things about mm-hmm. me the piercings everything absolutely and super important. And i mean it's renaissance first stuff that's home territory for all of us so <laughs> yeah that, we that talk was, a lot about that here <laughs> that was only natural for for me to just be like um yes yeah Beau, i know she's got one in here i know she's got tons of Ren stuff in here i can use so absolutely yeah it's super cool and i imagine
0: that that you being a part of the geek community as we talked like you know being in, in all of that now that these avenues are opening up, are you seeing more like with yourself and other models the influence of the geek community on modeling and stuff like that, and like
2: video games and RPGs and stuff like that are coming into into play? I feel obliged or I feel obligated to have to mention Twitch streamers in this case. Yes. Um, so there's a huge, huge uh, industry to Twitch with models or gamer girls or fetish girls even and even any combination there within. Uh, just doing what they do, streaming, and they get paid for it. It's not necessarily industrious life, so they're not having to live the strict routine of the model life mm-hmm. or having, you know, a TV show on YouTube, having to maintain that. They got, like, a best of both worlds scenario here. And it's like, you get to kick back, relax, largely in your underwear and a big, baggy T-shirt, playing video games all day, and people just throw money at you. This kind <laughs> That's ideal. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm I'm I don't I don't want to take that route. I want to do a lot. Yeah. I don't want to just sit behind a computer and you know stream games. I'm cool if that's you know part of my chapter in my it's great my that book they get of Life. To do that. Yeah. No, it's awesome, and I love mm-hmm. that that's a possibility because mm-hmm. I mean, give it like 10, 20 years ago, this would have never never ever yeah. ever been a thing yeah. ever We talk all the time
0: about like where were where was it when we were in high school and the the work the job counselor was telling you what jobs that you are best for none of them ever said you podcaster none of them ever said you know what, internet Liz, video game player in my life
2: <laughs> in my entire life had ever told me I should be a model uh-huh. ever i mean i had one person in my life who was like you cheap ones are so great you should go do some some high end Blah, blah blah. I'm like, okay, but that's so not me. Yeah. So I'm I'm a very laid back alternative creature. I like the dark. I like my <laughs> I like my friends. I don't like I don't like the limelight. That's not something I'm too. Ugh.
1: Yeah. I, I <laughs> that I started that that conversation. I think when I first time I saw MythBusters, and I was like, um, somebody really missed out on telling me that this was a possibility for a career because <laughs> I would have gone to college to figure out whatever it is I need to know to be able to do that. And then done that, Mm -hmm. Um, but thankfully, thankfully that worked out. And twenty something years later, that communications broadcasting degree I got uh, (laughs) is being utilized here.
0: (laughs) Yay! That's really funny. Okay, so we talked about video games and Renfair stuff, and modeling, and all of that. Anything else going on? Any
2: other projects you're working on? Stuff. I got 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 an awesome Halloween shoot coming up. Oh, nice. Um, be working with glenn and his wonderful wife nora on it she's going to be doing all my makeup and quote-unquote prosthetic work we love them uh we are planning to do a fly shoot so (gasps) yes it's totally nsfw and just just the right preference and flavor oh i can't wait to see those that sounds amazing yeah i just have to link up with them figure out when the when they want to do it and Nice. Hey, they've been egging me on to do shoots since, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I only saw them like last week, maybe. So, I mean, every time I'm over there, it's always a really good time. I always come up with about 8 million more things to do. Because, you know, artists, that's what artists do. Yep. The yep. project list heavily outweighs what we actually do (laughs) oh Oh my god
1: yeah the to-do list is (laughs) is always ridiculous long and varied and will never end
2: don't even get me started on the fabric box oh (laughs) boxes this is my entire back room at my Mm -hmm. shop. Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's part of the funds collecting all the Mm baubles yep totally
1: listen any more craft supplies and i think it qualifies as hoarding okay just saying (laughs) just saying
0: I think my kids already think I'm a hoarder, so. Does it count as hoarding if you share the love? I mean, you know, I'm making things and selling things, so it's kind of
2: not. It's trading. You're trading. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, but I just keep the pretty stuff.
2: Okay. Not. All
1: right. <laughs> All right. What gets me is we end up with the craft stuff from other crafty people who are like, yeah, I've got this. I'm not going to use it. Here, you take it. Uh-huh.
0: Because I can mm. use it
1: because
0: uh-huh. I'm multimedia. <laughs>
1: and, and, and have you used it?
0: Yes. <laughs> sort of. Some of it. A little bit. I have All ideas. There's right. okay. a project list. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: I got a list for those lists. Uh,
1: Promise. Okay. It's in the
0: three-ring binder.
1: Ooh, organization.
2: Yay. Is that some kind of cheese?
1: <laughs> no, no. Organization is, is th- that's the key to this whole thing. Because being creative and not being organized means just a lot of things started and nothing completed and a lot of sketches that don't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, we're, we're trying to get into the doing stuff of all of that. So what's going on in the world? We got we got Kitty's projects and, and all of that. Well, what are you following?
1: Well, one of the things we did want to talk about—it's um, a couple of weeks past now—but uh, the the geek world and those of us who love Star Trek—we uh, lost a, a great um, actor and, and member of the community, and Aaron Eisenberg. Yeah. Mm. Um, most notably, he played Nog uh, f- across the seven seasons of Deep Space Nine. Um he also appeared in an episode or two, I think of Voyager in various roles. Um, I know from from folks, friends of ours who who do the con scenes that he was uh, a wonderful con uh, panelist and con person and and took time to talk to everybody. And um, there is a great uh, video on YouTube taken from the What We Left Behind documentary oh. uh, where he discusses, that basically he didn't leave anything behind because he got to be part of the star Trek universe Aww. and you yeah. Know, and basically it's that it will live on forever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, don't do this to me guys. So beautiful. Don't do this oh it, to it's my God. Beautiful. It's so and, beautiful. Um, I felt like we would be, you know, in our, our geek duties uh, negligent if we didn't message, uh, mention this. Um, and just, you know, it's a, it's a sad passing. He was only 50 years old. Um, but as most people are aware, he had, you know, some severe health issues throughout his life. And unfortunately, you know, it it, it made his life short, but it made he, he had a wonderful life.
0: He really did. He was such an incredible person and his performances were absolutely amazing and, and groundbreaking in so many ways. And he took what was this tiny little almost throwaway character and turned it into this evolving beautiful deep colorful incredible character that was just is is to this day so much fun to watch and it was it was a huge hit to the community and we felt it super hard as well
1: yeah Uh, i think as we're, we're on record deep space nine is probably our favorite version of uh star trek um and uh you you can't have uh, Deep Space Nine without Nog. Yeah.
2: No. Um, Talk about leaving behind an entire legacy. Oh yeah. Where oh, was absolutely. my school counselor for that update <laughs> for work? <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, just imagine landing a role like that, and you know, you don't, you don't know what you're doing at the time. I don't think anyone really does when it comes to something of the time. Mm. But I mean, Star Trek has an entire language in the modern world. Yeah. That is yeah. used. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. It is. It's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and in, in that video, he also discusses like basically, he had to have like a, a kidney transplant at fourteen, and at seventeen, he made the decision I'm going to be an actor. And when he got cast, he was like, "Great, i I, I got this this role." And like every time they called him to say, "Hey, you've got, we've got an episode for you," he was like, "Awesome," you know, and um, but definitely, uh, I, I think I think I will put. A link in the show notes to that YouTube video just so people yeah, can watch it. Check it, it. out, oh, folks. It's idea. really, really cool.
0: Um, just that one and the one that we watched about his evolution uh in the in the series. Oh was really the cool oh too. that other yeah
1: that other mm-hmm. the YouTuber guy did. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh his tribute. Wow that yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. So we'll we'll put those in there and uh you know just wanted to put that out there and, and just remember you know the joy that he provided us through seven seasons of Deep Space Nine. Yep,
2: keep it alive.
1: Keep watching it. You seven know.
2: seasons.
0: Seven
1: seasons. It was super cool. Speaking of Star Trek, then. Oh boy. Uh, well, we're, we're gonna then shift. So, uh, Kayla and I have um, finally started watching Star Trek Discovery.
0: We have entered the 21st century.
1: <laughs> um and uh we are at the beginning of season two and um so we have a question for any of the listeners who want to respond and you can find us on twitter at the geekiest pod you can find us on instagram at the geekiest pod you can find us on facebook at the geekiest pod um or you can you know email us at the geekiest pod at gmail.com um hey why were you upset about Star Trek Discovery? Because this show is awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I don't know what everyone was complaining about. This show is absolutely incredible. It It is... It's there's the, the stories are amazing. The characters are beautiful. The development is phenomenal. We won't even get started on the cinematography, holy cow. Just... I'm so happy with it. I'm having so much fun with it. And remember it's not like i'm just going oh this is my first introduction to star trek so i don't know any better i've been watching this since i was two (laughs) this is it's it's very female heavy but not not in that like check the box way you know there's a balance there there's a lot of balance of power there's representation across the board in so many cool ways but again not in that like check the box way you know it's organic and it's it's just it's so incredibly cool and i don't know what everyone was complaining about yeah
1: no <laughs> i i am you know from the top to the bottom i am i'm enjoying it uh you know it's always great to see anthony rapping in something love uh, him and and just how Seamlessly, they make the twenty. Well, I guess that would be the twenty-second century, twenty-third century. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm loving it. You know, it's a Star Trek series, so is it perfect? No, but, you know, the science. Sometimes the science gets away from them, but yeah. I, I wave my hand out and go, okay, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, there was a little bit of of a shock with, with the reimagining of the Klingons. Um, that was
0: interesting. It took a second, but it wasn't horrible. No, it
1: wasn't horrible. Um, they look different, but it seems like they have the same culture going on. So, you know, they're Klingons. Um, yeah. All right, then.
0: Yeah, and they kind of even evolved throughout the series, you know, with the, like, you can see that they were conscious that they were making a change, but they were also bridging a gap you know, because towards, you know, you start to see them like they're growing their, like, in the beginning they don't have any hair. And then, like, they start to grow their hair back because the Klingon thing in like, TNG era and things like that is, like, the Klingon hair is, like, a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you see that in the beginning. You're like, there's no hair and it's weird. And they're, you know, some of their head shapes are a little weird and they're, you know, like, their cranial ridges are a little weird. But you can see it as it goes on. There's kind of almost an organic explanation, Uh you know, kind of underlying as to why all of these things happen, even though they're not, like, again, they're not, like, screaming it out that this is the reason they're just kind of doing it and letting you figure it out along the way and it's super cool are you watching
2: any of the no actually i missed the whole like star trek fan boat <laughs> okay because i was born just a little bit after i guess everyone was into it my dad was always heavy into it my brother was a little bit into it but um no i was i was raised on like firefly okay so, uh, that's but, not a bad thing, but I was wondering if uh, do do you guys remember any of the specific complaints that they do have for the new Star Trek versus the old?
1: Um, so so from this, I'm trying to remember now. I tuned a lot of it out. I mean, one, I we weren't watching it because we we didn't have CBS All Access, so it was yeah, fair like, enough. Yeah. So it was like you know, because I know if someone's going to be angry, they're also going to be spoilery, and it's uh-huh.
2: like. Oh well, it sounds like there may have been a bit of an elitist issue. Like they someone who watched some of the original episodes and right. just well, compared it and was like, you know, this is not at all. Always a complaint. Every time yeah. there's a new series, well, I, there's yeah.
1: always that complaint. Well, it's re- not like the old one. Yeah. Well, I, I re- see. I remember 1987. I remember
0: 1987 too.
1: It was yeah, a good year. Yeah. Yeah. And and all of a sudden now there's there's an Enterprise D. Yeah. And there's a British guy with a French last name. <laughs> going to be the captain and 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 you know i remember there were some some star trek some some curmudgeonists in the star trek community then mm-hmm. and this predates the internet so mm-hmm. this you had to write letters and oh to, my gosh <laughs> yeah. you had to be uh, dedicated you
0: had to write letters and go to cons and scream
1: yeah. at other people you had
2: to be a dedicated butthole yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha yeah
1: you definitely had to have your 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 jerk level set to really high um and i remember like and I remember watching my brother and i we like we watched like the 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 before you know the like kind of like the making of thing that they released before it mm-hmm. um back on channel six because it was a uh, it was a syndicated broadcast back in the day and uh, we wa I remember watching the episodes and it was like Seemed like Star Trek. I mean, we went and saw all Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. I remember we saw like Wrath of Khan like three times in oh, the theater as a kid. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was so. And and I remember so. Then TNG got going, and then when Deep Space Nine came out, and it's like they're not on a spaceship; they're on a space station. This is stupid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know.
2: Well, where else are you gonna park your space car? <laughs> You know,
1: and then and then Voyager, the internet had come around for that. Oh, that was a lot of crazy. Now we have Lady Captain. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a lot of crap
0: yeah there was wow. there was a lot of backlash before we even knew what captain Janeway was going to be or mm-hmm. what her character was going to be we you know we knew who who was going to play the actress that was going to play it and that was it we knew it was going to be well, i mean that, that
2: sounds like a very similar thing with doctor who yeah with a yeah. female, female doctor. doctor are you watching the new series no yeah, I don't have cable either. right now but I do know that I got up to Peter Capaldi's doctor and then I had a falling out with doctor who I guess it just life caught up with me and I get back to work and stuff like that <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I, I really I really get into that
1: binge watch yeah, marathon I, mode yeah we I we, we I was I think more than you i I got into the 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 new Doctor who stuff yeah I kind
0: of um, had that problem too like I couldn't catch up and life kind of
2: ran away with it It, it for a bit it really grabs you and it's like hey by the way don't forget about me you know life Mm -hmm. life I wasn't forgetting I was just ignoring for a moment
1: (laughs) for me I think like I got into the middle of uh oh crap just fell on my head Matt Smith Matt Smith there you go uh I got into like the early part of the Matt Smith uh doctor who and was like okay you know, this is going, and then like life, like really, okay. Uh, life really kind of ground onto me and was like, no, you need to. And then, like, I don't know, I took some days off or whatever and like binged the remainder of the Matt Smith and got into Peter Capaldi. And it was just like, I don't know, somehow I just, again, it was life once again reared its ugly head and was like, no, you must do I, these
2: I don't know how Doctor Who makes everybody else feel. But whenever I have one of those binge moments, I always get like super tingly positive uplifting. It's like a super, super strong antidepressant. I'm like, okay, I can face the world, take two steps outside. I'm like, I need to watch a few more episodes. Yeah. I'm not ready, <laughs> but I'll get there.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Definitely like that's always my, do- my my takeaway from Doctor Who is even when things are going really bad, for the most part, he has a positive attitude. Like we're going to, I'm going to figure a way out of this. You know, sometimes I feel like the caveat is, I'm not exactly sure, though, if my companion's going to make it all the yeah. way Yeah, He'll always start asking questions like, are you, you sure
2: you're human? You're not any kind of robot-resistant to anything? No? Okay, so we have to be really careful with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Squishy object, aren't you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Squishy object that doesn't quite understand that the universe is a dangerous, dangerous place full of Terrible, terrible things.
2: Doctor Who fandom is really, really fun, though. I was having a breakfast at this diner called First Watch, and I was with one of my partners, for those of you who don't know, I am Polly. And um, uh, an older gentleman was walking around with a cane. The, the, didn't really pay him any, any mind till he walked up to me. He was like, you a fan? Pointed at my leg, which has circular Gallifreyan tattooed on it. And I was like, oh, you know it, mister.
1: He <laughs> was like, oh, that's great. Me too.
2: And he walked away, but... No one ever really understands what that tattoo means for anyone who doesn't know what circular gallifrain looks like. It's a series of circles within circles and lines connecting within. Um, It looks really confusing to anyone who doesn't know what it is. But the fact that that one gentleman, one in a million, was like, hey, I know what that is. You're you're cool. I'm cool. We have the same fandom. That's cool. I'm like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like believing in fairies. Yeah. Awesome.
0: It's really, that's one of the things that I love about the way the geek community is becoming is so much more visible and, you know, between, uh, choices in wardrobe tattoos whatever it is that like kind of can we connect each other on mm-hmm. all of those things and you see someone else that that is displaying that and it's like this flag of hi my geek flag is flying high and proud and we connect with each other that well, way they're
2: super magical moments because it's like everything fades mm-hmm. away for like couple seconds and then all of a sudden you guys are really best best friends and then <laughs> you guys go back to life and, and then that was know, it yeah, exactly. like and you guys are usually pretty good never knowing each other again and in most cases like you know you and me, uh, you guys just pick up some more hitchhikers, right? So you know, yeah, it has more strays. The- this is what you <laughs> get when you feed the strays. Yeah. yeah, so you know, I, I like, I know that you know, if I find
0: a critter in the wild, I'm like a huge Critical Role fan, and I find a critter in the wild, and I just like totally light up. Like, mm. there's probably times where people are like, "Who the hell are you?"
1: You know? What <laughs> but- well, I mean, I think one of the first first times we hung out, whatever, and like, I think I saw your backpack at the time. And you had, like, the Klingon Empire emblem on it. Oh, yeah. And Aww. it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and it's like if I see somebody walk around and they've got, you know, like, the the symbol of the rebellion or, you know. The, the super
2: generic. Everyone
1: knows it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you have that or you, you see somebody with, like, the, you know, the imperial symbol or something on it. It's like, okay. All right. Okay. You're 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 yeah. part of the fandom.
0: Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you don't. You There's just, like, a look. You don't even, you don't even like, you don't even have to like, you'll see someone across the room and you're both wearing a Star Wars shirt. Or head both, nod. Head nod. Yeah. And nod. it's just like a respect, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I love that. It's so cool. It's, you know, we were talking about like, you know, we're the cool kids now and, 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 but we're all doing it in our own way, even though there's common threads that run through Let it. Let those geeky colors yeah. fly. We're all doing yeah. it in our own way. Yes. And it's super, super amazing to, to watch happen, you know? So, yeah, whoever was complaining about Discovery, I'm sure your 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 opinions are valid, but
1: enjoy being
2: (laughs) enjoy being grumpy. Yeah, (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm going to I'm going to the arch bunker route and just say, stifle it, Edith. (laughs) 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 There is so it it, kind of goes to everything else. Like, listen, this is art being made. This is storytelling going on. If it's not the story that you want you've got a million choices now to go so, go watch something else. You know, if you're going, that's not my Trek. Well, maybe Trek, maybe you weren't their right fandom. You know, if you have a problem with all the diversity you're seeing, then you never understood that Spock wore that IDIC thing and it stands for infinite diversity and in infinite combinations. That's right. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. what Roddenberry's vision was. And if you can't get behind that, yeah, maybe it's time to step out of the fandom. Yeah, yeah maybe not you. you're not a fan. Maybe yeah. you're
2: just a critic.
1: Yeah. All right. So, soapboxes removed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now
0: stepping down off of them and hiding them away. And what else is going on in the fun world?
1: Uh, so apparently, uh, I, I saw this this morning, and then when I was at physical therapy, my uh, my my physical therapist told me her grandson was losing his mind for the last day or so because. Fortnite right now is just showing a black hole.
0: What do you mean? I saw
2: something about that. What do you mean it's showing
1: a black hole? Um, Apparently, they are prepping for season 11. Okay. And so when you go to go onto Fortnite now, you see a black hole.
2: Does it does it do anything? Is it's it just, just the like background. Shut, like is everything it? is shut down, and oh. it's just like the end of oh, Fortnite no. is a
0: black hole. What are we gonna yeah. do with all these kids? I don't know. Everybody's going. Yeah, um, I saw an article so, on that today.
1: Yeah. So so my, my physical therapist telling she's like telling her grandkids like no no you can go outside run around go in the pool I'll make you lunch do... and she was like she was she's like she was asking me because she's like you're you're into tech stuff you're into video games I'm, like I'm not <laughs> really into video games she's like is 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 it broken what's going on is it my computer. He keeps telling me it's my computer. I was like, No, no, no! I saw an article on this this morning. They're they've got seasons, and the next season's coming out like later today or Tuesday. And
0: talk about genius marketing, though.
1: Yes, but my other thought would be, you might have wanted given somebody a heads up that you're. Gonna do this because
0: I think that's the point, though. I think, I think that was the whole point was to just like surprise everybody with that. I and think we should I just, just actually, tell like,
2: everybody that Santa found out how bad they were all being. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has taken away Fortnite because you are a bad child. <laughs> Regardless of how old you are, you you've been a bad child. No, uh, you're lying.
2: Look at the TV. <laughs> Look at it.
1: I didn't make the rules.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's really funny.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I saw that and I was just like, wow, with the amount of amount of Fortnite stuff that I, I, I see on the daily Oh you know, I can't
2: I can't believe I would
1: um I, just, I can only imagine like the the company's, you know, customer service. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: Those poor people. Just
1: email and tickets oh just getting open, just yeah.
2: I, I'm willing to bet four of my cats that somebody quit today. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody was like, "I, I can't. No, there's too many, there's too many." Um, so I saw that. Um, People
0: are talking about the new Joker movie.
1: People are talking yeah, about the Joker Yeah, have you guys movie.
0: seen it yet? We yeah. haven't. Uh, our oldest son uh, saw it,
2: and uh, he wasn't all that happy with it. He's no, a huge I've, Joker fan. Well, I mean, that would make sense if he's not too happy with it. The more modern, you know, this is one of those, again, like, I don't I don't know if he's being a Puritan or if it's, you know, honestly, the newer wave of Joker is just the people in charge of it are just doing that bad a job. I don't know. He, he because he's a huge, I think
0: everybody with Joker... And I think with a lot of of the and especially in the comic book world, the characters that are played in succession by different actors, Mm -hmm. you end up very much like with the doctor. Yes. You end up with you have your favorite one. Of course. You know, and he is he loves Heath Ledger you know. Heath and Ledger I'm, is
2: a hard beat. Yeah. Very yeah. hard. I'm, I'm a
0: huge fan of the Heath Ledger stuff too and and I like a lot of the older stuff. Jack Nicholson was amazing as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned um, but I see that same argument in this is that someone is taking it from a different angle it's a little darker, it's a little edgier it's very focused on him and again people are comparing it instead of seeing it as a standalone work of art. Yeah. You know.
2: I've heard exactly two bad opinions. Like, it's just, just them shrugging it off, saying it wasn't all that, versus, you know, there's always a horde of a hundred other thousand people that are like, that was amazing. I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, you you don't end up being the number one picture, number one movie in the country and being a, you know, absolute terrible movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I remember when, you know, Tim Burton's Batman comes out and they tell you that Jack Nicholson's playing the Joker and you're like, okay, there's never going to be anybody who can out Joker Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You know?
2: Just kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> and then you get the Heath Ledger version and there are still people who are like, well, that's not, that's not the Joker from the comic books. That's not the Joker. We know that's this is a, a totally different Joker. And it's like, yeah, that's the point,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: the Jack Nicholson Joker was not the Cesar Romero Joker. I was just going to say
0: Cesar Romero was from, like a whole different from
1: from the you know the Batman you know 66 series so I'm going to give
0: you a geek point for that cuz <laughs> only yeah. you and I would have remembered that. <laughs>
1: um, you know and and you know I'll even go out I didn't actually mind the Jared Leto Joker that appeared in Suicide Squad. You know again I'm going with this is a new take on joker this is a modern now joker a social media driven joker mm-hmm. you know this that's what you know that's what i saw and you know and all the worst of pop culture you know on display in that joker um and uh, i you know joker's over the top joker is you know joker's scene stealing joker and that's what you got for the for the time that he was on the screen you know
0: yeah you could do like a whole like psychological study of the the evolution of certain characters these characters are absolutely timeless they've been around for generations and the concept of the character the core of the character is always there but it continues to evolve and change with with generations and with societies and things like that and there's always going to be that split there's always going to be that dichotomy no matter what you do i
2: find that interesting is that most of the jokers like when you actually just take a step back and observe the core values it's still joker it's mm-hmm. still joker there's no yeah. need to get all huffy about it It's just, <laughs> we're gonna we're always gonna have a bunch of renditions of one character and you know what one of them will resonate you. The other ones probably won't. Right. Roll and with that's it.
0: honestly in the tradition of the comics because it's the same thing has happened in the comics. Mm-hmm. Same characters written and drawn by different people are going to invoke different emotions in different people. And I think that's the beauty of it is that there's a Joker out there for everybody.
1: Well, I mean, and, and the, the the interesting thing is for, you know, now like 80, 80 years, I think, on from, from the creation of Batman and the Joker or 75. And the Joker was only originally intended to be a two issue character. He was supposed to be killed off at the end of the second comic book oh, he appeared I in. I
2: bet they're happy they didn't now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> well, and he's and, probably
2: but, one of the highest grossing characters oh, yeah. In, yeah. in just superhero universe yeah, period. No,
1: definitely that was, you know. And that was basically what happened was, is they saw the numbers and they're like, he didn't die. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're
1: going to have to keep him. (laughs) We're going to bring him back. And, you know, and and now you have the Joker that you have. I mean, there have been periods of time in the Batman lore that Joker hasn't appeared for like a decade. Yeah. So upcoming cons we should talk about down here in the South Florida area.
2: No, well, We've got uh, Holiday Matsuri, and these are not going to be in chronological order. They're just going to come up as I remember them. Okay. <laughs> we've got the is EY. Okay. I don't know if it's anime EY now. It used to be Chibi pa. Um, And I don't know if they do Magic City anymore. Because I, I, I know most of the larger ones happen in Orlando. Yeah, Orlando's don't. got a good hub for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know I don't think they do the Magic City anymore, but we'll have to check on that. And I know we always got Supercon and MegaCon. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. But those are those are ways away, right? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got some time on those. That's after the holidays. Is yes. it?
2: Yeah. 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 So we got some time. Um
1: So are you doing any con appearances or? Oh
2: no, not yet. I need to I need to put some money into you know, costumes before I get into that. Um, I need to rebuild my pyramid head costume because that one was a good fan favorite. I won exactly one competition with that one contest, <laughs> but you know, I, I think when you win a competition with costume stuff, you know, stuff you made out of cardboard and hot glue and you get the effects just right. And you feel all super and creepy and powerful. You're like, okay, I don't need to be cute and fluffy anymore. That's awesome. I, I can like be spooky. that. Spooky Spooky's cool. good. Yeah. Spooky's fun, super, super fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to start. I think that, you know, like we need to, we're going to look into doing some more cons and being kind of a part of that world because we both really love it, you know, and the costume contest stuff is always so much fun. Well,
2: the things you always find yourself getting into at conventions, like the people you meet, the celebrities, not just, uh, you know, the normies, quote unquote, which is not really a thing at conventions. Right. Um, There's no normal. I mean... There's just so, so much room for anything where even like the biggest mistake could end up being like one of the biggest surprises to you. Uh. Adam Baldwin, I think is what his name was. The, the laddie who plays Jane from Firefly. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Not a Baldwin brother, surprise, surprise. No. But he's a really nice guy. How I met him was not not so, uh not the best but the okay, uh, you know you gotta
0: tell us this now absolutely i gotta will. hear the
2: story um <laughs> so we met him at uh, i want to say one of the super convent, super cons down here in, in south florida and uh he was over at miami and we had walked into a room where all the voice actors and actors were for a bunch of different animes and shows and there he was sitting this man is extremely ginormous sitting he's a as tall as I am standing. (laughs) So uh, I am freaking out about seeing him from about 50 feet away. Because he is a man called Jane. Yes. mm -hmm. And uh, my sister notices me staring at him just, you know, on the verge of panic. Like you do. And she goes, you want to talk to him? I was like, of course I want to talk to him. But how do you talk to to a man who's been across the stars and the universe and blah, blah, blah? She goes, come on, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Like, okay. You're not going to do anything mean, right? No, no, no. It's going to be fine. Okay. So we walk up together. and kind of like got our arms looped together. And um, she goes, hey, you know, really loved you in Firefly. Um, This is my sister. She's got a thing for you. Pushes me in front of her and walks away. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my introduction to Mr. Jane. And I didn't really know how to proceed. He gave me the Jane face, which, of course, made me melt further. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he's super, super kind, though. He was very, very nice. Gave me a handshake. Wasn't mean at all. And I told him I liked his work in, um, oh, what was that military movie? Oh, I can't remember it now. Uh,
1: I thought you were going to say you you liked him when he was on uh, Chuck, which I was, uh, I think that was because that was my original introduction to him, the the sleeper spy comedy show, Chuck.
0: I never watched that. Definitely,
1: mm-hmm. definitely worth a catch uh, he, he was on it the Zachary Levy I believe uh, the guy who plays um, Shazam oh cool was Chuck um, and oh her name slips my mind but she was the uh, the woman that Dexter fell in love with near the end of Dexter the, the blonde who was the, the teenage serial killer she helped her boyfriend, her older boyfriend, kill people, and he was help. He w- she was helping them un- uncover other murder sites, other burial sites. I think her name was like Ivan Stravinsky or something of that nature. Why is
0: that drawing a total blank? And I have watched all of Dexter. When, when, when was the last times? time you saw Dexter, though?
1: Uh, like two months ago.
0: Like yeah, like a couple months ago, I, I binged through it. Like, cause you you've said the young girl, and I was thinking Julia Stiles, but no, 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 not
1: not Julia. She was she was supposed to be like a, a like the teenage sidekick to a serial killer. She got, I think she got, uh, she got not clemency, but she got. she, They basically treated her as a juvenile and didn't hold it against her. She had the greenhouse.
0: Oh, she wasn't a teenager. She was, she was a teenager when she was hanging out with that's the what, other serial that's killer. What I was okay, okay, I got you. Yes, I know who you're talking about now. Wow, yeah. that was like the worst brain hole ever.
2: <laughs> that's the best way to put. It. I was like, I always call that brain farts because they're just poof. They yeah. gone. <laughs> it's gone.
1: Um, so yeah, uh, they. So he was like a, a, a planted um, spy. with, like, all sorts of super spy skills. Um, She was supposed to be kind of helping bring them out. And uh, Adam Baldwin's character was kind of the, why do we even need this guy? You know, we can do these things. And then, like, he would have these, like, blink things, and all of a sudden, you know, he knew Mandarin, or (laughs) he knew, you know, three forms of jujitsu and, you know
2: fun well yeah. that that mandarin helped out in firefly yeah
1: <laughs> definitely need that otherwise you wouldn't be able to punctuate you know you wouldn't your... be able to curse yeah <laughs>
2: well it's interesting. essentially he plays the same character in full metal jacket which is what i had forgotten previously and um i think i think his character's name was like mother badger yeah absolutely insane in in that movie too and i brought that up i was like you just kind of play the same dude in every movie and they just pay you for it so kudos ah. kudos for that minimal work <laughs> But uh, after I met that guy, I went. I proceeded to have an emotional breakdown, i.e. like super, super shock mode. I Aww. went. I just kind of curled up into him. I was like, I just met him. I just met him. I just met him. He was so kind about it, too.
0: Oh, that's awesome. He must have thought I was some
2: yeah. sort of weirdo. Because, I mean, conventions. Who knows what they think when you get Oh, my God. fan can
0: imagine how many people they meet and different kinds of people and I mean I talk about all the time having the shop and the psychology experiment that just have owning a thrift store is mm-hmm. I can't even imagine just lines and lines of people and all the different people and all the different <laughs> I variations just, I just started geek. feeling
2: really bad for Nathan Philly and, and how much fangirl problems he must have.
0: Oh poor guy I mean, everyone loves him. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs>
2: that would
1: be the point <laughs> um the other thing I, I saw earlier today and i wanted to bring up was uh the disney plus channel has released uh what all of the star wars universe will be appearing <gasps> on the disney plus oh tell tell so, me, me, uh, live action series you will get the mandalorian oh. which we have discussed uh-huh uh you will be getting star wars a new hope star wars empire strikes back star wars return of the jedi star wars the Phantom menace Star Wars Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. You'll be getting the documentaries Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy. Animated series, you'll be getting Star Wars The Clone Wars Seasons 1 to 5, Star Wars The Clone Wars The Lost Missions. Uh, Star Wars Rebels, all seasons, Star Wars Resistance, season one, Lego Star Wars The New Yoda Chronicles, Clash of the Skywalkers, Lego Star Wars Droid Tales, Lego Star Wars (laughs) The Freemaker (laughs) Adventures, all seasons, and Lego Star Wars All-Stars. During the first year of service of launch in the U.S., The Last Jedi, Solo, and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker will become available available. and coming to Disney Plus in February of 2020 is the long-awaited conclusion to the beloved animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars with 12 new episodes helmed by series shepherd Dave Falani. Uh, there's also some other programming coming in the new year with that, but those are what will be available on the Disney Plus Star Wars stuff on launch November 12th shut up and take my money yeah you know definitely we 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 definitely need to make sure we've we've got our hulu and our disney hookup so that way we're
2: oh my god now it comes with a carton of blue milk with every purchase Mm. (laughs)
1: as long as i don't have to milk the thing myself uh
0: i was just gonna go there yeah that that is like the one and only moment in any star wars that i could actually completely and totally do without
2: blue milk the, the the specifically
0: oh, the <laughs> him with the creature and the no yeah. other than that I love you all everything I can I can totally yeah. like suspend disbelief for a lot of stuff but that was yeah no, the, too far yeah. as
1: a, as a kid seeing the, the remember watching a new hope and you know seeing the blue milk and trying to convince my mother to let me put blue food coloring into the milk the milk yep and getting told no
2: ah. Live a little, Ma. What's wrong with you?
1: (laughs) Then I wanted to know if we could put blue food coloring into the milk after we put the Hershey syrup into the milk.
2: Oh, my. I don't know if it would work
1: that way. That was kind of her words. And then, no. Uh, 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 Just enjoy your chocolate milk.
0: (laughs) Next time we have a carton of milk in the house, I'm totally coloring it blue just
2: for fun. Don't tell anybody. No,
0: no. There's going to be so many questions. A couple drops of blue food coloring in there and I'm just going to leave it
1: there. Listen, uh, when we're done with this, (laughs) I think I might be picking up milk and food coloring (laughs) because we don't have either of those.
0: Because we're grownups. We can do what we want.
2: (laughs) 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 Ta-da. And this is the story of how we ended up with five gallons of blue milk. Yeah. Questions question
1: is, like, getting it the right color, blue.
0: Well, yeah, you can only... It's like a couple of little drops. You can't do a lot because it was like that kind of pale pastelly blue, you know? It wasn't... I would ruin it.
2: I would ruin everything. <laughs> promise. I promise. <laughs> there would be blue on my hands. <laughs> the cat would be blue. <laughs> everything but the milk would be blue.
1: Well, it's food grade. It's fine. It washes out, eventually. Eventually. Are, are, are you saying you have a... a, a You have a little bit of a klutz issue, or...
2: uh... I'm just a
0: mess. I'm a hot mess. Wow. That's not what I see across the table, but then I've never seen you cook, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Reasons. Reasons for this. (laughs) Uh, um, Just was trying to think of anything else uh, news-wise. Oh! Oh, oh, big thing. So... DC Extended Universe. By the way, for the
0: the Jane thing, Kitty gets a point. Okay.
1: Definitely. Um, So I saw that um, DC Extended Universe, or DC Universe, the the new streaming app for DC, um, in a repeat of probably one of the most terrible ideas in comic book history, is leaving the fate of Jason Todd... Up to fans.
0: Oh my god, they're doing it again. <laughs> for,
1: uh. for, for, for those of you who don't know, back in the early 90s, I'm going to say, yeah. uh, there was a storyline, Death in the Family, um, and Jason Todd is taken prison. Jason Todd's the second Robin after Dick Grayson leaves being Robin to go become Nightwing. Oh my god. Um, and Jason Todd is captured by the Joker, and... <laughs> DC Comics set up 900 numbers for people to vote whether or not Jason Todd was murdered or not. (laughs) Apparently, the vote was very close. I think the the separation was like 50 votes um, and Jason Todd was murdered, although Uh, uh subsequently years later. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert on a 30 something year. Twenty something almost thirty year storyline. Jason Todd's murdered, although years <laughs> later he returns as the Red Robin.
0: Nobody in the comics ever stays dead.
1: Except for the Kents.
0: <laughs> 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 Jonathan <Ooh>. Kent. <laughs> but, well,
1: I guess, I guess it depends again which continuity and whatever. Right. We've so. talked
0: about that. So what what are they doing now? Are they leaving they they're leaving it up to the
1: fans. They're doing a vote. Uh, I, I didn't get all the details, but basically, does Jason Todd live or die?
2: Oh my god! He should be able to live this time. He already had to die the first That's round. Hysterical.
1: <laughs> to which it's like, can this this poor kid can't <laughs> just which I, again always goes to though the the whole the whole Robin whole Robin character is just. A, Really, just an experimentation and child child abuse and <laughs> endangerment. <I laughs> How mean, far can we push this envelope? Yeah, this it's like okay. So go back. Dick uh, Dick Grayson is orphaned. You know, by you know his parents are killed as part of some sort of mob thing. Bruce Wayne takes him in. Next thing you know, Batman's got a sidekick. No one puts two and two together That's this acrobatic trained kid.
2: Well, no, of course not. It's the comics,
1: right? Where a pair, the, of, where a pair, where a pair of eyeglasses is all you need.
2: Okay. Does Does anybody stop to ask where he keeps getting his sidekicks from? Like, you can't just have a fully grown kid like that.
1: Yeah. So, so he's the had fir- several. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so Dick Grayson was orphaned. Uh, his parents were killed during a circus performance. Uh huh. Um, so. He, and Bruce, I believe, was in the audience for it Mm -hmm. and, like, stepped up right away and, you know, I'll take him on as my ward. I'll take him. (laughs) Um, Jason Todd. I want to say Jason Todd was the one that uh, Batman went to Crime Alley to go, you know, lay his flowers and stop by that weird that weird house that that lady, like, kept all the orphans in and when he came back out when he came back to the Batmobile, like it was up on blocks. And <laughs> literally stolen the Batmobiles. Tower. Oh my god! Um, so there's, there's Jason Todd, and then Tim Drake. Uh, Tim Drake. I think also another one. He's like either he was orphaned or abandoned, and yeah, just yeah. somehow, yeah. Bruce ends up with these. He has a big heart. And lots of strays.
0: And
1: yeah,
0: you
2: know, lots of strays. Only, he's only one at a time, house. though. Only one at a time. You... Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like He's got a big house, but he only takes one at a time. Come on, Bruce. You can do better. Dude. Why, why not all the orphans? Have you ever you tried to deal a with a squad. teenager?
1: I can't deal with any more than one at a time. I... <laughs> <You can't laughs> well, then it, would be, then it might be even more obvious when he rolls out, you know, Batman rolls up with his squad of young... You know, apprentice, sidekick, vigilantes. It's just the
2: Batman Academy now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's one of those,
1: like, like, I could just see, like, Commissioner Gordon going, like... Okay. Bruce is
2: home for wayward boys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a geek point. <laughs> totally. yeah.
2: That is totally a geek point. Um,
1: but, I could totally, but I could totally see Commissioner Gordon going, Okay, now Batman has a bunch of these young, young sidekicks, and Bruce Wayne has a bunch of young wards... Nah, there's no connection. No, no of
0: course not. You know what? Here's the thing: the same way that we complain about people picking apart the shows that we love, like with Discovery and and you know new Star Trek shows and things mm-hmm. like that, there is an implied suspension of disbelief in the comic book world, and it's fun to pick at it. And I'm not going to stop it, picking at it because it's fun to pick That's at it. It's true. But the whole world of comics. Is about things outside of the norm and outside of logic and outside of what, you know, we don't have superheroes in the real world and there's a reason, you know, not besides the superpower part.
1: (laughs) But no, but but that's the thing is there are people now in, uh, I believe Seattle has one or two, there's one, there's a guy in Dallas, there's a guy in Chicago, there's a couple people around the country who have started to. Dress up in light body armor and costumes, adopt names, uh-huh. and go out and fight crime. Fight. Some of them are fighting crime. Some of them are uh, maybe not being quite as uh, uh, vigilantes, but going out and dropping off uh, like I wanted to call them care packages, but care packages to the homeless. You know, making sure people are are okay. You know. Kind of providing, you know, off the book security, but yeah, there's that's
2: kind of
0: nice. Okay, there's, so so vigilantism in in a, a some form is leaking into into real life. What do we think about that? Is it dangerous?
2: Is it cool? Is it something we need
0: to be supporting? It's
2: not something uh, I'm used to because in Miami, people just have to take things from other people. So good point. Yeah. So I, it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air on my end. I mean, <laughs> it's nice.
1: As much as we always say, Oh God, it would be great if we had a Batman or a Superman or something like that, the reality is you're you have someone who is acting as judge and jury at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's a thin line between you know, it's sort of like we were talking about, you know, who sets the limits on what these folks do. There's nothing on the book saying you know. Okay, there are stuff on the book saying what you can do, and you really can't go out and be a vigilante. But you know, who determines like it, the comic book world is always very, uh, always very open-minded about the pro the 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 appearance and and uh, jobs that the vigilantes do. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know spider-man beats up somebody that's assault you know right you know also again because they don't have superpowers and you know you're not going to be you know you're not gonna be able to punch somebody out you're gonna have to you know use some sort of weapon it
2: gets more and more dangerous because more more... what no one no one here is really super
1: powered <laughs> right and you know what you see in the comic books or you see in the comic book movies you know, you see those punches, and you see Captain America get thrown across a room and into a wall. That would generally break most people's backs or crack most people's ribs. Yeah, you're not generally getting up you. from that very fast. Yeah.
0: So is it is it one of those situations? Is this is this life imitating art becoming? Do you think that it's it's a problem? Do you think that this is something that's going to be an issue in the future as as comic books become more popular and those of us who those of us who grew up with comics associate them with childhood fantasy. So I think there's less of the uh, the want or the the thought that we can make these things a reality. But maybe as as comic books are becoming more popular and people that didn't grow up with them are being exposed to them, is this something that is this a dangerous thing? Is this something that is going to cause problems in the future?
1: I, well, honestly, it can. I, mean, it, it, I think it's definitely going to be a, a problem issue because you know if there's a guy out there using a a stun gun or there's somebody out there using a taser or there's somebody out there you know you're going to then like an arms race you know it's okay so if you're a petty criminal now and you know that oh my god
2: yeah. comic books are actually going to become like real life cuz i mean if there's a superhero there's going to be you know bad guys someone's yeah. going to just up to counteract and it's going to just progress Right, and oh that's something God. that's talked about a lot.
0: Is you know, is does the presence of a yeah. superhero create a supervillain? Right, it so creates we the desire then, for one. Right, that's for sure. Exactly. So if we have vigilantes coming out into into the real world and people that think that it's okay to take on these roles, mm-hmm. is that then going to encourage eccentric villainy? That's villainy. It. I villainy. I just I'll made up that it. word. I'll take yeah. it. Uh huh. Um,
1: I think I think though, and, and from what I, I've seen a couple documentaries, read a couple articles where they have talked to these folks, um, part of it is people not feeling like their local police are working for their community. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the one guy out in Seattle, I think he calls himself Nighthawk. Um, and it basically is, you know, the police don't patrol his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and and so somebody has to step up. So the so the thing is, is these folks are filling in a role that they see needed. Mm-hmm. Shout know. out
0: to Nighthawk if you're out there and you're listening to this. Not to sensationalize, but we'd love to hear your take on it.
2: For um, sure.
1: You know, and 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 you know that seems to be you know and the people going out and helping you know dropping off care packages to the homeless god bless you because absolutely that's that's awesome you know making sure that homeless people are safe where they're sleeping you know uh, uh, there's a whole big soapbox i like to get on about that but that's not what this show is about but you're they're looking at places where the mechanisms that we have are failing because you know we don't government doesn't have the resources or government doesn't want to so, allocate the resources that we have to take care of these issues um the scary side of that and i i watched the boys i know you hadn't seen it yet and the scary side of that is corporate vigilantism
2: Hmm.
1: contemplate that a business who has vigilantes huh not you know and and Theirs, it's a little more... They kind of work a little more hand-in-hand with with government, whatever. But, you know, then, again, it comes to the question, who sets the limits? Who determines what's right and wrong? Um, And I think that's where vigilantism, you know, that's where it, it starts to get iffy because, you know, morality is subjective, you know? And, you know, that's where, you know, someone placing their morality to motivate them to do something starts to worry me because Mm -hmm. we live in a world where people don't want to listen to differing opinions, people who don't identify, you know, like we're talking about. You know, there are still folks out there who look at the look at those of us who are alternative and go, that's wrong. That's bad. Mm hmm so i think it's a slippery slope
0: encouraging one person to take their law into their own hands encourages others and not everybody has the best of intentions right. in mind and who makes that call if you are you know if you're out there within the letter of the law doing the things that need to be done to help you know communities the homeless whatever it is that's great and you know give yourself a name and a cape and and we're yeah, all about yeah, it
2: painting of a community fence is a little bit different than punching the bad guy's face right like right open that
0: that's really tough, but again, it's one of those things where there's so many things, and especially within our fandom, that we've had to fight against being stigma that we are somehow negatively influencing the world mm-hmm. because of violent video games, comic books, you know movies, whatever it is, and that there's most of the world and most of us again that have grown up with it and this is part of our our kind of almost in our dna like this is what we what we look to for entertainment understand that there's a separation between what can go on in a comics what can go on in a movie what can go on in in your um you know in all of these different fandoms that that are not reality but there are those out there that are bridging that reality in an unhealthy way you yeah. know and it's up to us to make sure that we are letting the rest of the world know that that is the minority and that we really are trying to help the world in the best way that we can and using these voices through the geekdom through comics through star wars and star trek and all of these things all of, to it. Elevate all of it. society yeah. and not and well, not fall down that
1: that well, slope well i i mean and and to be honest and i'll, I'll, I'll t- there there weren't video games in the early 1900s and you had you know people riding around shooting up cities right violence there has always been around yeah, that violence is part of the human condition um it's it's one of our negative flaws mm. um it's it's kind of brought me i i was having a conversation on saturday with my gaming group that i play in um they're about 10 years or more younger than me and I was talking about setting up this new game we're doing, uh, with access granted, and about the whole fear of, of the the satanic influence of D anD. d And one of the my fellow players like, was that like a real thing? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that was a seriously real thing. Yeah, like the satanic panic around D anD. d and heavy metal was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. You know, late seventies, early to mid eighties. This was something that, like, my parents, you know. I was raised Catholic, but we were not, like, my parents didn't fear us playing D&D, and they didn't fear us listening to heavy metal, because my mom was like, you know the difference. This is entertainment, this is Mm -hmm. fantasy, this is whatever, but it was real, and I was like, like, no, no, there were, like, episodes of 2020, and... Donahue and Geraldo and Sally Jess Raphael, and then had explained who those people were. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, shout out to uh, dating yourself a little bit there. <laughs> um,
1: and you know about the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons, the dangers of heavy metal. And I said, and the, of course, the irony of for me at least was playing D and D on Friday night and Saturday night, getting up Sunday morning and being an altar boy.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and then going to Sunday school or teaching Sunday school. So
2: a yeah. busy schedule there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was
1: it was a you know, it was a tough life, you know. Yeah, so, um,
2: I feel like an important thing to note here is that there there is an extremely fine line between being the hero and the villain in your own timeline slash comic book. That is life and that is just literal a life decision. A singular life decision could dictate whether or not you're a hero or a villain. Right, and I mean, mm-hmm. along with that, I'm sure repetitive choices would oh, yeah. further back that up, mm-hmm. but and
0: perspective, yeah, can change just, that in the blink of an eye.
2: It's just so important to be open minded and you know awake about the things that are going around that are going on around you, problems and such, and you don't need to slap on a cape to help your community out. There yeah. are safe ways to do that, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely, and we have we've come a long way. We've really, really come a long way. The fight is not over by any means, but this, what we're doing right here. You know, this is the kind of vigilantism that needs to be in the world. This conversation that gets out there, this positivity that gets out there. You're a generation behind us. Yeah. You know, and to sit at the same table and have these conversations and, you know, share what you've been through in life and how, you know, you as an alternative model have have had to deal with stigma and deal with.
2: And I will probably always need to. And that's one of the other things is is no matter if if you really feel like the thing you're doing will make you happy and it's not hurting anyone, then by all means, ignore the haters and do what it is that makes you happy. If it's something you don't see a lot of in the world, do what you need to do because somebody else is feeling like you. Like, there's no role model to look up to and you could be that role model for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the best thing you can do for yourself and everyone around is be as healthy about it as possible. Huzzah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give us all a geek point. We all get points because we're
0: all Cool.
1: All right, and uh, so we've been going on for a bit here. So looking at the big board. Yeah, Kitty rocked it. Kitty, booyah! A booyah. You you have uh, led it. We were rather stingy with geek points. We today. were. Well, we well, kind of got, got into conversation we got lost and, lost and in that, in that. Yeah. really deeply. <laughs> Just saying, I brought out all the. All the- You did. You did. We um, had lots
0: of geek points for Joe for all of his knowledge. I think sometimes that at this point, like you are such a wealth of knowledge that sometimes we're like, it's not extreme for you to know all these things oh, I'm so just, we forget
1: oh, so I'm to playing like of points uh, okay. yep all yep right. totally
2: <laughs> well, I, I go into full child mode I just sit there and like you know hands on up, like oh my god I didn't know this before I take this one I'll take yeah, this information believe me
0: we're the same generation and I do it with him too like he'll come up with stuff and I'm just like wow so you always have our <laughs> respect for your wealth of knowledge can we,
2: can we deem him like point master no. yeah like can, can we just umbrella that real quick <laughs>
1: No, but kitty you you have the you have four points i am uh, in second with two and kayla with with one um so uh kitty you get to you get to do the plugin first so where can people find you on nt of the interweb social medias whatever's
2: i am going by kina twist on all of my handles twitter and instagram included uh patreon is in the works My next big project is going to be my fly photo shoot. My last big one was a tank girl themed photo shoot. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that can of worms.
1: Yeah. Go check out Kitty, man. Her stuff is really cool. We will definitely have uh, that stuff linked in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Kayla, where can they find you?
0: Uh, You can find me at Hawk underscore Kayla on Twitter. Um, And you can also find me as Jade on uh, the wonderful not safer wizards. Um, and you can also find me at our, uh, thrift store in downtown Davie, if you're mm-hmm. in the area. Uh, and those, um, secondhand goddess just about everywhere socials. you can find our stuff we post all the time all sorts of cool stuff and you can find kitty on secondhand goddess because that's where i go to find my treasures (laughs) (laughs) and as she has done some wonderful modeling for us for the halloween season and we're very excited to get those pictures out uh
1: going forward i'm going to uh put into the uh show notes the uh social links for secondhand goddess uh you can find me on Twitter as Demorgus. You can find the podcast all over the place, as I mentioned earlier at the Geekiest Pod. Um, you can also listen to me DM the Not Safe for Wizards podcast, and uh, we'll be throwing the links to those two YouTube videos uh, memorializing Aaron Eisenberg. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Bye. Take care.
1: Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor, Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, That would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.